Salutations and welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the old Franklin house outside Childress, Texas, discussing the 1974 classic slasher, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This film was directed by Toby Hooper, who wrote the screenplay with Kim Hinkle. Perhaps the first film to capitalize on a based-on-a-true-story premise, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre quickly became a cautionary tale. This actually caused the Texas Rangers to shake actor Edwin Neal's hand and thank him for an 18% drop in crime rate after the movie was released. While the actual events are fictional, the inspiration for the character Leatherface draws from notorious killer and grave robber Ed Gein. While spawning numerous remakes and sequels, none have come close to the beloved status of the original. What did you guys think of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the first time you saw it? I remember watching this very young and being terrified. Like <laughs> I this bet. Was, yeah. But I, I seen this quite a bit and I watched the sequels, which is for another time. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I love this movie. I think it's great. You know, there's some parts, you know, whatever, but yeah, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think some of the not necessarily cheese or whatever right. comes with time. I think as time goes on, there's going to be a lot of things we can take from these, you know, classic horror films, but there's going to be some things that were just products of their time yeah. that we kind of just have to live with. But I think that those moments are completely overshadowed by the greatness of this film. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And I find it so interesting to see, after you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so many horror films, not necessarily that aped it, but... Some did. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and we'll no, get yeah. to Let's that. Be clear. Yeah. <laughs> but they honestly pay so much tribute to Texas Chainsaw. There's a lot of tropes in the slasher genre and maybe movements and things like that that would not really be here if not copied off of Leatherface. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's interesting that we didn't really ever watch this growing up. Like, I know no. you said you did, yeah. but we didn't. I know we saw the remake yeah. as children. Yeah. I think well, be I think it came out when I was 12. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and then whenever we watched the original for the first time, we kind of were just like, ah, eh, it's all right. Yeah. I don't think we had the mindset. No. And the, the level of respect that no. we should have had. <laughs> because this deserves it. Yeah. One thing I do find interesting is that the more we go back and we cover these classic films, it seems like at the time of their release, they were never really released to critical acclaim. Mm -hmm. Aside from maybe The Exorcist, which kind of, I mean, you know, the Academy Awards and everything, right. but films like this, Night of the Living Dead, everyone was just like, eee, gah! Yeah. <laughs> they freaked out. Yeah. That's almost like a sign of a movie that's going to be appreciated later, maybe. though. Maybe. Because this film came to be appreciated years down the line and people respected it, you know, for the classic that it actually is. Mm -hmm. But when it was released, people freaked out. There were people that liked it, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, I did read one of the lead actors. I read in Texas Monthly at the first premiere when they showed it to the cast, Toby Hooper was like, well, is there anything that you would change? And Alan Danziger, he said, the only thing I would change is you turn the chairs of the audience the other way away from oh. the screen. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Oh, that's all, Alan? After all, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. But I mean, so that's even rough. some of the cast didn't even receive it that well. But I would hope he came to realize <laughs> so. that he was a part of something incredible. Yeah. But it's just interesting to me that's how time funny. can change, I guess, your perception of yeah. things. But no, this film's amazing. Yeah. 
Now, before we make head cheese out of this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's hitch a ride. So the film opens with a warning that the events in this movie are a true story. Mm-hmm. It's narrated by John Larroquette excellently. It's an incredible narration. It's honestly, it's one of my favorite openings in horror, and you don't even see anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, Not it's just at some all. words on a screen. Funny, though, he was paid for his voice work by Toby Hooper with the joint. Hey. Payment <laughs> enough. Seven right? bucks, man. <laughs> And he's so scared of horror movies that he's never seen this movie or any Texas Chainsaw movie. That blows my mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> didn't he come back to do the voiceover for the remake? He did. And he never and he's saw like, that. I don't one want there. any part of it. Here's my voice. <laughs> he's I, like, La- I was right. paid in a joint last right, time. Right, so. You guys give me pop <laughs> That's this my time going rate. Uh... <laughs> I read that they did it in one voiceover session. Oh, wow. And he was an unknown actor at the time. And With so, a great voice. Yeah. <laughs> I actually read that he trained his voice because he used to have a deep, like a Cajun accent almost. Really? Yeah. You would never guess it. Yeah. He trained himself to, Mm. I mean, it worked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Toby Hooper told him to do an Orson Welles impression. (laughs) (laughs) That was his only direction for this. But it worked out. I love it. But the warning is on like a text crawl that's being narrated. And it details how a group of teens out on a drive were killed, focusing specifically on Sally and her, quote, invalid brother, Franklin. That word's not cool anymore. No, 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 no. no. And uh, I found it interesting that they were the only characters mentioned by name or the only people, since it's a true story, uh, (laughs) mentioned by name. I thought that was odd. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's odd that everybody gleaned from that, you know, this is based on a true story. And then the marketing, they ran with it. They were like, oh, no, this happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, A, no. Yeah. (laughs) And B, there's never, like, I know the internet wasn't around, but any, if this happened anywhere, (laughs) everybody would hear about it. Yeah, exactly. Roll through that at the library. (laughs) I read that Gunnar Hansen would often get told by people at like fan signings, they'd be like, I actually met the real Leatherface, or I knew when I was younger, I knew the real Leatherface. He's like, it doesn't exist. Oh my God, (laughs) how embarrassing. Not even real. I'm the real Leatherface. Get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. So we get a title card that says that it's August 18th, 1973. The screen is completely black, but we can hear digging. And then we get camera flashes of body parts, decomposed skin and teeth Mm -hmm. and maggots. And the screen brightens up and we see a rotten corpse propped up like a statue. And it looks like it's holding up another rotting corpse. It's like a head or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty abstract art. Uh, I mean, <laughs> very I, abstract. I do art. want to say that that beginning, though, like the sound that's coming oh, off man. when they're taking the pictures, that's badass. It's, like, no, it's that great. was no. super creepy. It's the perfect like invitation, yeah, to watch the film. Like, you're it, like what it is ingratiates happening? you, and you're like, yeah. this is what I'm getting myself into. Also, it wasn't until watching it this time for this episode that that opening made sense to me. And it yeah. makes yeah. perfect sense later yeah. once you the story starts rolling. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. I can see how the first but time you watch it kind of being like, okay, I, yeah. like I how is this connected? Just some gruesome stuff to show yeah. to be like, hey, this movie's going to be gruesome, so buckle up. Right. But it's 
story related. While we're looking at this abstract art, <laughs> the radio is going and it's giving details of incidents of grave robbing. There are cases where only body parts are missing, like heads and extremities. Um, I thought it was funny that they said the sheriff refuses to give details, but he's concluded that it was committed by somebody out of state. Dude, that yeah. killed me. <laughs> Based on strong like, evidence. Oh, they're not from here. They're out of towners. Must have, yeah. I mean, obviously. Nobody from here would do such a thing. Of but course have, he says they that. They have no suspects in yeah. custody either. No. So it's like, huh. that just made me laugh. But we go from looking at the statue to the yellow title of Texas Chainsaw Massacre over the red background. First of all, looks great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is that it's the greatest? Perfect. No, yeah. I'm sure you've all read that the working title that they began the film with was Head Cheese. And thank God whoever kiboshed yeah. that. Yes. Thank you. And then they were going to call it Leatherface. Which, all right. And I think another film later in the series was eventually called Leatherface. I think you're right. But a producer stepped in and he was like, how about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? All right, shit. They came up with the name a week before filming began. That's crazy. And it's one of the greatest names. No, it's it's fantastic. It tells you everything. While we're looking at this kind of red and black background, it's like kind of moving and oozing Mm -hmm. almost. Yeah. The radio continues to talk about tragedies. There's an oil refinery explosion, a cholera outbreak in Houston. A man killed himself over a blackout during a game, and that led to a violent, like... (laughs) Uprising, like I was confused by yeah, all <laughs> the whole lot. First of all, what station is this so I can not ever <laughs> listen to you it? You guys are a bummer, man. Yeah, the bad news <laughs> station. That's it. Clearly, there's a lot going on. Yeah. The film opens, I guess, properly on a dead armadillo just like baking in yeah. the Texas sun. A van pulls over and stops. Kirk, played by William Vale, sets up a ramp so that Franklin, played by Paul Partain, can navigate down in his wheelchair. He wheels away to go pee in a coffee can. Mm-hmm. Now, the faces he's making while he's peeing, I Disgusting. was like, I hope that's the only thing he's doing in that. <laughs> yeah, that was can. a little weird. <laughs> I hope he just really had to go. (laughs) Franklin's a little over the top. He's very over the top. Um, But as he's relieving himself in one way or another into the can, (laughs) uh, a semi goes by. (laughs) Somehow the wind from the semi was enough to knock Franklin's ass down uh, the It kicked up dirt that hit Kirk Kirk in the face. And then somehow... Since him careening. Jack came tumbling out. Yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> exactly. that either. Yeah, and he took a tumble. Dude. No, ugly. Like his shirt was red. Yeah. yeah. And then he just carried on for the day. So is this a day trip because he never changes his shirt? Nobody changes their clothes no. ever in this yeah, movie. No. So no, it's a day trip. That's like, I guess I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Till we get home. Thanks a lot, Semi. Right. So in the next scene, they're, everybody's back in the van. Jerry, played by Alan Danziger, is driving. With him are Sally, played by Marilyn Burns, and Pam, played by Terry McMinn. Of course, Kirk and Franklin are there as well. Mm-hmm. Franklin is just bitching about the heat, which we live in Texas. Yeah. I get it, Franklin. Like, I don't agree with everything about this dude, but, but just the, it's hot. <laughs> Sometimes that's the only thing your brain can consider. <laughs> I, I mean, this film was filmed during the summer in Ugh. Texas, and so you know they, they said, were in hell. Exactly. I think you have to experience Texas heat oh to understand God. truly what these actors went through. 
working 16 hour days in the fucking Texas summer sun. I can't even imagine. That probably wasn't even in the script. He's probably just like, it's hot. (laughs) Just leave it in. Fuck it. it it That might be what he would say here. Well, while he's complaining, Pam is reading to everyone about astrology. And this is something else that I never really paid attention to. Hmm. I've watched this two or three times in the last week. And when I rewatched it, I was like, Pam is reading about astrology to them. And she's explaining that Saturn is in retrograde. Right. And that's when bad things Mm -hmm. start to happen. I had read something about it means almost like a karmic balancing of things to where basically if you've fucked up it's gonna come home to roost but i don't know if they fucked up (laughs) really yeah Yeah, i'm like what trying to watch out for myself now (laughs) (laughs) shit in the next scene the van arrives at a cemetery and we find out that the whole reason they're traveling is sally and franklin are brother and sister and Mm -hmm. they're coming to see if their grandfather's grave was desecrated like they were talking about on the radio at the beginning of the film so sally and her nipples get out of the van (laughs) (laughs) and she's led to the sheriff and he takes her to go check out her grandfather's grave Mm -hmm. a couple things here they just left franklin they didn't set up the ramp it's his grandfather too and they just left his ass in the van they often do that in this movie and honestly it's difficult for me because i don't know if my sympathy for him overrides my annoyance of him I mean, it's there, but there's both. So, They're um, fighting to, for dominance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie. That's the real conflict of this film. Yeah, no. So I mean, do I, you feel bad for Franklin? Yeah, while I, while I do, I I, I don't. Uh, I get also, it. I get it. I did not like the way that the guy drug Sally off to go talk to the no, sheriff. No, he just grabbed yeah. her arm. It was arm. really that unnecessary. Was yeah, because she asked for the sheriff, and they said he was over there. And then some guy's like, "I got it." Yeah, from like here. wrenches like, yeah. her arm. Yeah, very inappropriate. But while Franklin is sitting in the van there is a drunk old man sitting in a tire who like lays down <laughs> on the ground yeah he's drank a lot yeah oh, it's bad the funny thing is that when the guy pointed out the sheriff the next shot was that drunk man in the tire so i thought they were saying yeah, that, that he the was the sheriff thing. Like, oh, I thought God, the no. nope we're having an emergency election tonight because <laughs> that is not happening but he's not he's just some guy yeah yeah He, uh, like we said, is quite drunk and saying that he sees things, that things happen here that people don't talk about. He says that people think he's just an old man talking. This is honestly, feels like to me anyway, one of the first examples of that old crazy uh warning yeah 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 sage person that everybody considers to be insane. Whatever, Pop. Exactly. (laughs) And then he's, of course, 100% right. Of course, yeah. And Franklin is like right there. If I were him, I'd be like, uh, "What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. What do you mean?" <laughs> but he just lets it go. He just sits there. He's like, he's just an old man who just right. says things. Yeah, just he's just an shit. old man talking. Yeah. Um, back in the van, Sally is reassuring Franklin that their grandfather's grave wasn't disturbed. Obviously, because he couldn't see it for himself. Yeah. What would it have hurt you to take him over there? But whatever. <laughs> She's um, like, I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's That's, just to the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. A little lighthearted, uh, yeah. <laughs> so suddenly everyone covers their nose and is just disgusted. They're passing a slaughterhouse and the smell is obviously terrible. Mm-hmm. Franklin, though, 
Gets real excited. Too excited. Too excited. And he explains, I guess, their uncle worked in a slaughterhouse. And he talks about how they kill the cows by bashing their brains in with a sledgehammer. And he says, usually it doesn't kill them the first time. Mm -hmm. So they'll keep hitting them. Sometimes they even have to skin them before they're dead. But he says now they use a gun that shoots air into the cow's brain and kills him instantly. And then he keeps mimicking the sound of the gun over and over and over. This is when I realized, I'm like, oh, okay, Franklin has no social skills. No, zero. I think one impression would suffice, but he does like seven or eight. Yeah. And then he just stops abruptly. (laughs) Sally goes, I like meat. Please change the subject. I'm like, don't ruin meat for me. I have a theory about this movie that we'll talk about later, Mm. but keep this whole line of thought in mind. I also wanted to mention that I read that Guillermo del Toro credits this movie for making him a vegetarian. That's interesting. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Okay. (laughs) So, of course, they spot a hitchhiker on the side of the road and they all debate picking him up and Pam is like, Absolutely not. Pam's the only one making sense. Yes. But then we get a long shot of the van pulling over and the hitchhiker flailing around (laughs) and then jumping inside. I do love this long shot. It's very serene. It's like a calm before the storm. Yeah, it is. Especially for what's about to come next. But I think a lot of people should pay attention to this film for the cinematography Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of amazing shots in this movie. Like, surprisingly. Uh, yeah. Daniel Pearl, I think is his name, was a cinematographer. He actually also did the cinematography for the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. in 2003. But the thing about the cinematography, I was reading this tweet. I wish I remember who it was from. But they said that it's often overlooked because it doesn't really get a lot of award recognition. But some of the best shots you could even think of have come from horror films. That's true. The ones that stuck in your head, the iconic ones, the ones that are beautifully framed. Horror does not get the credit it deserves. And this movie has a lot of really good ones. Yeah. So now with all of them inside the van, Franklin says that they have picked up Dracula. Yes, he does. (laughs) The hitchhiker, played by Edwin Neal, is facing them, and everyone, with the exception of Jerry, who is driving, is facing the hitchhiker. Yeah. They're all backed up against the yeah, seats. They are. If you, if you have to do this after bringing a hitchhiker in, maybe you shouldn't have brought him in. <laughs> Am I maybe wrong? you should have listened to Pam. Like, come on. So Franklin, with his A one social skills, oh, God. asked if he came from the slaughterhouse. And the hitchhiker says that his family has always, quote, been in meat. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need you to explain yeah. that, please. Both his brother and his grandfather worked at the slaughterhouse. Franklin asked him about the air gun and the hitchhiker is like, oh, no, no, no. The old way of killing was better. This new way cost people their jobs, which is really interesting that I never really paid much attention to before. I think this watch. Right. There's a lot of social commentary through this movie that you wouldn't think would come from like, this movie. Like, surprisingly. And that that's one of them. Like, it's like morbid. No, the old way's better. You're like, oh, it's bashing. He's like, no, people lost their jobs. Yeah, it's yeah. like... And he said that his brother and his grandfather used to work there. It's just like, whoa, I, didn't, yeah. I never noticed that before. And Edwin Neal's performance as the hitchhiker. <laughs> oh, my God. This dude is 
all over the place. I read that he got cast by impersonating his hyperactive nephew. And Toby Hooper was like, yes. (laughs) Sure, it works. If that impression is accurate, I feel bad for his brother or sister (laughs) who that kid's, you know, no. But like those weird, almost childish vibes are like you can, they're here. Like they're very apparent. But there's also an unpredictability about him. Yes. Like I don't know... I see why everyone's watching him. Yes. <laughs> why they're you know? backed up. Yeah. So the hitchhiker takes out pictures of, I guess, dead cows. Yeah, he's just walking around with them or I, what? I don't know. I mean, I guess. Were these supposed to have been taken at the slaughterhouse? I guess, because he gives them to Franklin and he goes, I was the killer. So did you work there too? It's all very confusing. <laughs> Thought it was just your brother and... Yeah, and your grandfather. Yeah. Then he disgustingly details how to make head cheese. And he's making, and while he's talking, I'm like, that sounds like some shit John Paul would eat. Like, I as I was watching. It. It's all right. I'd try it. You've never tried it? No. That, that's Neither surprising. I, uh, I wouldn't. I would. Um, he's making everyone in the van sick, except for Franklin. Right. Franklin becomes very intrigued. He is all in at yeah. this point. And he likes head cheese. Yeah. And everyone would like head cheese if they didn't know what was in it. Well, eh. I mean, I got to be honest with you, man. If something that you loved for a very long time, you found out it was made of something gross. Are you going to are you bringing up your Taco Bell rat meat? I experiment am. Look, here's the thing. If something you've loved for a very long time turned out to be rat meat. Well, guess what? Turns out I like rat meat. It's too late. It's done. It is too late now. And I'm sorry, but if a taco's 49 cents, that's not real beef. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear clear about that. You knew what you were getting yourself into. So Franklin, while they're talking, is, I guess, cleaning his nails with a knife. Mm -hmm. And the hitchhiker just snatches it from him. Yeah. He just starts playing with it and then slices the palm of his hand open. Again, this is all... (laughs) This He's might been be in the un- car for three minutes. This might be unpopular, but this is all their fault. <laughs> yeah. At what point do you just like, all right, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Pull over and let him out. Something. Yeah, he's getting a passenger rating of zero on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking Uber. Uh, Everyone is rightfully horrified, mm-hmm. but the hitchhiker is just laughing. Kirk is insisting that he give Franklin his knife back. The music is oddly jolly. That's coming the off the music, radio. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Yes. <laughs> but that's the only music in the movie. The only music is music that would naturally be playing. So the music in the van. Anything else that you hear is industrial. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Industrial noises that an animal inside of a slaughterhouse would hear. It's that is the rest of the the soundtrack of the film. So like huh. clanging and yeah. like right. machinery noise. Yeah, that, like yeah, that's yeah. horrifying. And it's incredible because as things get tense later in the film, you hear those noises oh, yeah. and it's yeah. pretty yeah. insane. And again, with the social commentary that that entails, but we'll get to that. In okay. A bit. <laughs> so he gives Franklin his knife back, but then he takes his own knife, which was Why that a straight he- razor? It was. Yes. Why would he take Franklin's if he already had one of his own? Well, yeah, he gives Franklin's back and he's like, guess what? <laughs> yeah, was he just like, well, let's see how that would cut me. Because <laughs> I know how mine does. He takes it out of his sock and starts showing it off. And Kirk is like, let's put that one away too. <laughs> and he does, but he's he's laughing. He's just having a great time. I do notice as this is going on and as it continues, for some reason, Sally's up in the front seat and she's smiling nearly the whole time and laughing. I didn't notice that. And I don't know if that was just an outtake that somehow made it in the film or something, but 
Uh, there is no reason to be doing any of that right now. <laughs> the hitchhiker should be the only one getting any joy out of what's happening. He's getting enough joy for everybody else. That's true, mm. yeah. So he takes his camera from around his neck <laughs> and snaps like randomly. He didn't line up the shot. He no. just snaps oh, yeah. a picture of Franklin. What's odd is that it looks like he's going to take a picture of the whole group and yeah. then he just zeros Focuses in on Franklin. On Franklin. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. He asks them to take him to his house because he lives pretty close. And they're like, well, if you live so close, why can't you just walk? <laughs> great, great comeback, honestly. <laughs> he says they can't take him there because they're in a hurry. But he invites them to dinner and says, my brother makes real good head cheese. <laughs> Franklin's probably like, come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not doing anything else later. We already looked for the grave. Right. Come on. <laughs> Despite the offer for head cheese, they still say no. So the hitchhiker's like, you know what? $2 for that picture. Was he going to give it to them for free otherwise? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And what's funny to me is that Franklin's like, it didn't turn out so good. Yeah. yeah I'm like, what? what did you expect? Otherwise, I would pay You're the $2. You're in a shaky ass van. This dude's insane. <laughs> he, yeah, he's a real Ansel Adams. But yeah, he, he looks real proud. He hands it to Franklin and he's like, $2, please. <laughs> Ansel Adams. Not a bad price. <laughs> it's not. Franklin tells him no and gives him the picture back. And this is when all hell breaks loose. He got his feelings hurt. Yeah. It's like, I'm an excellent photographer. This looked great. (laughs) And he only wanted $2. I would have just paid. Honestly, the smartest thing to do would have been to just pay it. Yeah. Maybe take him to his house or maybe take him near it. But I mean, maybe if you give him the two bucks, he'll be more affable to be like, all right, I guess I'll leave. I definitely would have given him the Give him the money and get him the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. So the hitchhiker has been given the picture back. He puts it in this like little tinfoil situation and carefully sets the picture on fire he wraps it back up in the tinfoil and puts it in his little bag but over the flame he's like dancing over yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it looked ritualistic and everyone's it like ah, funny. Ah. it was weird uh-huh. is that everybody reacted harsher to him burning the picture than him cutting his own arm yeah well it's like he but he did everything so slowly and like meticulously almost he literally lights the match and nobody reacts. But when he starts burning the picture, they're like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Did they think their soul was in there? Yeah. <laughs> Just don't understand. But like you said, everybody is freaking out. And the hitchhiker takes this opportunity to grab Franklin's arm and slice it with his straight razor. And it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a bubble of blood. I don't know if you caught that. I was yes. like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so they promptly kick him out of the van. Well, he basically throws himself out. Kirk is right by the door, and he doesn't grab him and throw him out or anything. Dude opens the door and gets out himself. (laughs) This is my stuff. I'm like, after everything, you're just going to let him? What is happening? Again, there are five of you. And he's very stringy. He was quite stringy. As they're driving away, he's kicking the van. He's blowing raspberries at them. Yeah. Lots of rad- raspberries. Lots it's a of field raspberries. of raspberries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he smears his blood on the side of the van as they drive away. <laughs> I laughed because back inside the van, Kirk's like, I'm about half ready to call a cop. Half ready? Yeah. <laughs> what else do you need? You tell me right now. Kirk is a very Would he patient have man. had to have killed Franklin? Yeah, right. like, what the fuck? Damn, well, I guess right, we got to call, call the cops. <laughs> if you kill one more person, that's yeah. it. 
Pam continues to read horoscopes, specifically Franklin's, saying that today will be a disturbing and unpredictable day. Should have read that before. Check and check. Yeah. And Sally's sign Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, which, as we mentioned, is in retrograde. And her horoscope reads that there are moments where we can't believe what is happening is actually true. Well... Buckle up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get ready. Mm -hmm. So one thing I did notice, too, was that when she was uh, reading all their horoscopes, Mm -hmm. they're all bad. (laughs) (laughs) No joke. Yeah, they're all bad. I was like, man, you guys picked the wrong day to go somewhere together. They before they left. And for someone so interested in astrology, why didn't she warn them? (laughs) Right. Before. I don't think today's the day. Can we go next month, please? Yeah. And the next scene, they pull up to a gas station, and the guy sitting outside is literally staring at the sun. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is. He starts washing the windshield. So the gas station attendant, played by Jim Seedow, he doesn't have a name. <laughs> no. I'm going to refer to him as the cook from now on. Because the barbecue joint. He, it inside. is a gas station slash barbecue joint. Right. So he comes and tells Jerry and Kirk that they don't have any gas here. <laughs> I would put a sign out. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, jeez, man. Franklin asks him where the old Franklin place is, and the cook advises against going out onto somebody else's property. Mm-hmm. Franklin is like, no, my dad owns it. So the old Franklin place, his name is Franklin, but their last name is Hardesty. Is it? I got confused because I'm like, is his name Franklin Franklin? Yeah. I <laughs> I actually looked that up uh-huh. because I was like, no, no. Y'all, you did not do that to this dude. <laughs> it's bad enough how annoying he is, and then you name you go yeah. and name him. You name his ass Franklin. Franklin, Franklin yeah. yeah. Franklin Squared. Uh, yeah, no, don't come do that. On. Franklin was named after his grandparents' last name. Oh, so his okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of backstory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could have just not, they no. could have named the character anything else. <laughs> no joke man but they didn't um so (laughs) uh franklin franklin says that (laughs) his dad owns the place but the cook sees the girls and is like oh you they don't want to go over there don't take them over there like he's still like don't go to that house Well, but he says it weirdly he's like girls these days they don't want it's like what they don't like houses yeah he's like in the 40s we could just take a girl to a house now You got to go to a restaurant or I don't know. Why is he doing like 90s sitcom comedy? (laughs) Girls nowadays. Yeah. And I thought this was interesting because when they had pulled up, he said that the gas wasn't there and wasn't going to be there till way later or maybe even tomorrow. Right. After he tells them not to go to the old Franklin place, he's like, why don't you just hang out here, get some barbecue and the gas should be here soon. I don't know why they don't just do that. Well, they don't. Because I mean... (laughs) And there's something to that as well later in the film that we'll talk about. Okay. That, again, I did not notice until this time. I'm like, what was I doing the last time I watched this movie? <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just put it on and crashed. So he goes inside and Jerry goes after him to ask if there's another gas station nearby. Yeah. Inside the van, it's just Kirk and Franklin now. And Franklin is stabbing the side of the van with his knife. <laughs> His excuse is the funniest thing in the world. Because yeah. <laughs> Kirk is like, dude, what are you doing? You're just stabbing the side of the van. And he goes, oh, yeah. I just started, I just started doing that. <laughs> it's like, well, don't. That made me laugh. <laughs> How about no? But 
I mean, Franklin already seemed kind of interested in violence. Yeah. But after the little run-in with the hitchhiker, he's like obsessed. Mm -hmm. Everything that he talks about is either about the hitchhiker or about violence. Well, whenever he's talking to Kirk, he he almost is talking as if he admires the hitchhiker. I thought the same thing. Because he's like, you know, do you think you could ever cut yourself like that? And Kirk's like, no. And he's like, man... It must take something to cut yourself like yeah. that. It's like something. Yeah. You weren't a hostage. This isn't Stockholm. Right, what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? Kirk he's goes, like, he's actually my hero. Yeah, yeah. Kirk is like, you're even crazier than the hitchhiker. Yeah. Which, like, he's I not mean, wrong. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so Jerry comes back with one tiny ass bag of barbecue. I was like, where? Thanks. Where, yeah, where are you taking that? One interesting thing about that gas station is that it's a real location, obviously. Right. It's located in Bastrop, Texas. The interesting thing about it is that a few years ago, they actually opened it up, and it's full of memorabilia from the film. That's so cool. And it's a real barbecue joint, and it's kind of a and b because they have four <laughs> cabins, and you can stay there the night at... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre gas station. If you dare. Yeah. I, that's a ghost noise. There are any ghosts yeah, yeah. in this film. But you had me at barbecue. You know, yeah. yeah. I can sleep and eat barbecue. Uh, yeah. That's like my dream. Yes and yes. But uh, obviously reservations are, it's. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. But we got to go there. Long story short. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all get back in the van. And Sally is getting into the, the passenger seat and once the sliding door closes for the back seat, she sees the mark that the hitchhiker left in his own blood. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that guy left blood on our van. And they drive off. <laughs> Mild. Yeah. <laughs> there was a guy with a giant bucket of water that was washing the windshield. Yeah. I would be like, excuse me, sir. Do you mind, Could do you you mind cleaning possibly the clean? Yeah. They don't. So in the van, Franklin is eating the sausage, presumably from the barbecue at the gas station. Now, there are many reasons why this is horrible, okay? (laughs) Before he even gets his portion of sausage, Mm -hmm. Sally asks him for the knife that he had that the hitchhiker cut himself open with (laughs) and that he's been using to clean his fingernails. To chop him a piece of sausage. They didn't know about hygiene in 74. But, yeah, but he, he <laughs> had just said, you think this is that guy's blood? Yeah, he did. And then he, he goes did. right, yeah, and then he goes right back to cleaning his fingernails yeah. after. And then he cuts sausage with yeah. it. Yeah. It's not didn't try to clean 1874. It, it's yeah. 1974. No, you're totally right. That's but that's disgusting. And this knife is getting a lot of play. It is. Like, yeah, was this film sponsored by that knife company? Yeah. <laughs> like, Damn. So they arrive at the old Franklin house, Sally and Franklin's grandparents' Mm -hmm. house. Franklin is inspecting the blood smear on the side of the van with the sausage hanging out of his mouth like a cigar. Just I couldn't even tell what that was. Yeah, no, it looks disgusting. It's it's a poorly, poorly made sausage. Yeah. (laughs) He is worried that the blood on the van means that the hitchhiker intended to follow them. Which I'm not going to lie, I'd probably be thinking the same thing, right. but I'm very paranoid. Like he left his mark or something? Yeah. I, the way Franklin's talking about it is like the hitchhiker was a witch, though. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's does. like, do you think he's... he cursed? Like he, that's how he's really acting. And like no one is listening to him. No, not at all. 
Yeah, they're really chill about going in this old ass house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get it, it might be your family's or whatever. But how long ago was that? Yeah, no shit. And then fucking one of them's like, it looks like the birthplace of Bella Lugosi. I'm like, we get it. Everybody's Dracula, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Jesus. So it looks like Hungary? Is that what you're saying to me? Um, Kirk goes to clean the blood off the van. And I find it interesting that Franklin stops him because he's still looking at it. Franklin just becomes obsessed. Like it's kind of, it's it's unsettling. Inside Sally and Jerry are laughing about literally everything. I'm like, yeah. is there a deleted scene where they smoke out before they go <laughs> yeah, in the house? In I <laughs> bet they did. Dude, they're laughing. They're like, your grandpa's dead. <laughs> yeah. They- <laughs> like I was like, oh shit. I noticed that too. Yeah. They're being really loud. I'm like, like, God damn. Now there's dark humor, and then there's, and there's I don't know what. But you're brand. just high. Yeah, yeah there's too no. much. <laughs> Outside, Franklin has been left alone, and he's struggling to get his wheelchair up, like onto the yeah. house. He's calling to Sally for help, but nobody here. They're like yeah. having the time of their life upstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody's listening to him. He comes inside. Finally, he gets his wheelchair up, like into the house, and throws this fit, oh, mimicking Sally, and and blows raspberries. Mm-hmm. Now, every time I've watched this movie, I was like, "What a." fucking annoying ass dude yeah this last time i was like oh my god the hitchhiker was blowing raspberries at them after he left the van yeah, yeah. yeah. it's almost like a kid who thinks that someone's cool and starts i know, do everything exactly. he does yeah. remember that episode of seinfeld where george thought that dude tony was awesome and then he wore his hat backwards so he started wearing yeah. his hat backwards. <laughs> like it's the same shit just with raspberries this time no i never noticed that till this time no. and i was like oh my like he's literally obsessed with this right weird fucking interaction that he had with this insane person i don't want to ascribe meaning to anything but do you think that it could be something about like a commentary of violence either begets violence or violence in media emulation of it i can see like, that i don't know i mean I it's don't, a weird of a character that does yeah. this that i can't i don't really know how deep they were trying to go with Franklin. Yeah, or were they just like raspberries are annoying, man. Yeah, <laughs> and so are you. So but, uh, yeah, blow them. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. My interpretation, like that's pretty interesting, and I no, feel like yeah. it gives this fucking annoying ass character a little more depth, and it's like pretty unnerving, mm-hmm. to, honestly. And as obnoxious and annoying as we keep saying he is, I read that Paul Partain stayed in the character of Franklin all during filming. That poor cast. Yeah, nobody wanted to be around him. <laughs> nobody liked him. Like I that would be insufferable. I read that years later he was saying that basically he was not a novice actor because I guess he did some theater productions, mm-hmm. but in theater, it's kind of standard to stay in character all times, you know. Right. In films, it doesn't work like that. And so he Unless was like... You're Christian Bale. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Fucking Daniel Day-Lewis over here. But <laughs> he basically said, not that he regretted it, but he was like, I learned a lesson because <laughs> basically oh, everybody, everybody hated, hated me. Yeah. That's so it's kind of sad. But I did read that him and... I think him and Gunnar Hansen became friends later on after they realized Good. that. Because... Uh, there's something else I want to talk about later with that. Just put a pin in that. Okay. Pam and Kurt come downstairs and ask Franklin where the swimming hole that he was talking about was. Franklin tells them where to go and they leave saying that they'll be back in an hour. At this point, Franklin notices a bundle of, it looks like feathers and 
fur and bones. This looks ritualistic. Yes. Well, he sees it and calls for Sally, of course, gets nothing. No. Then he notices that there's bones hanging from the door frame. More. More cause for yeah, concern. No, thank you. <laughs> He isn't like, hey, guys, don't go to the swimming hole. Right. <laughs> we, things are weird. Wait, come back. Yeah. I know this was a different time and all that, but all this shit just happened. You really want to go off by yourself? Yeah. No, like that's you, true. You know, you know the hitchhiker's yeah. out there. Well, not only that, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You don't know where the hell you're Let's at. Let's go swimming. You just had this fucked up experience with this dude and at the gas station. They got over it so quickly. Yeah. Though. And then right <laughs> away, it's like, eh, it's cool. And they're not used to this place. This is Sally yeah. and Franklin's childhood. Exactly. No, they, they had to ask where to even go. Yeah, they're just long for the ride. So Kirk and Pam run down to where the creek was supposed to be, but it's dry. Kirk is talking shit about Franklin the entire oh time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The whole time. It's He says, shoot him and put a, put him... Out, what of, you, out uh, of our misery? Yeah, put or out us of, out of our misery. It's yeah. not how the phrase goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I knew. He's I had to think about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But it's just, again, you're like, I want to have sympathy for this dude, but I get it. I mean, look, if I'm stuck in a car with this dude for however many hours, and then we're finally here, and we finally get I'm to go, go off on our own, yeah. yeah. Let, and yeah, of course we're going to be talking yeah. shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just the way the world works, Franklin. Franklin, Franklin. <laughs> Franklin, Franklin. They notice a house and Kurt comes up with the plan to bargain for some gas. But again, Pam wants no part of it. They all should have just listened to Pam. Yeah. Yeah. There are pots and thermometers hanging from a tree and like clanging in the wind. Seeing that, I'd be like, nope. nope. Yeah. That's it. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> like, that, uh, there's no way. I see all that shit going on out there. I'm, I'm no. Good. There yeah, was I'm a good. broken clock mm-hmm. through one yeah. of the things. There was all these abandoned cars. It's like everything is screaming don't it's go near more, this place. More of that right. abstract. I know. Art. <laughs> yeah. I don't know a lot, but I know enough to say I'm not going over there. <laughs> no. I'm not asking anybody for gas. No, we'll hoof it. Yeah, yeah, it'll <laughs> be fine. They walk through this like really pretty, out of place field of sunflowers, and then follow the sound of this loud ass generator mm-hmm. onto the property of the house. They call for somebody's attention and nobody notices them or says anything. Right. They get to the front door and Kirk knocks and a fucking tooth falls onto the porch. Again, dude, leave. I would run. Yes, that would have been, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Babe, let's go. Uh Kirk, though, picks it up and puts it in Pam's hand. I have no proof of this, but I personally guarantee that was a real tooth. Oh, no, it looked. I bet it was. There was even some black on no. it. Yeah, like, that, mm. come on. She is understandably disgusted mm-hmm. and leaves him on the porch by himself. I would be fucking furious. Oh, of course, that was a human tooth. That was disgusting. <laughs> so Kirk opens the screen to knock on the door properly. And when he does, the door opens. Pam is on a swing in the front yard and won't go over to him because I wouldn't go over to him either. No. Kirk steps inside. And was that pigs squealing? Possibly. That's what it it could have been. Yeah, it sounds like something something else. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like pigs squealing is the most innocent interpretation. Straight ahead from the front door, past a staircase is a red wall with animal skulls and animal heads hung up on it. Mm -hmm. 
I would leave immediately. Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it looks, as far as like set design goes, pretty neat. Oh, yeah. But, but in as real a life, person, <laughs> as a human I'm being, a we're gone. Life. Yeah. Gone. We're not doing that today. But instead of getting the fuck out of there, <laughs> Kirk walks right inside, right up to that red wall and goes, hello? As if one of the animals is going to answer yeah. him. He stumbles on a carpet and out of fucking nowhere, Leatherface, played by Gunnar Hansen, steps into the frame. With zero hesitation, he bashes Kirk's head with a sledgehammer. Kirk falls and seizes. Leatherface throws him out of frame and slams a sliding metal door shut, blocking the view. It is... horrifying just that moment is one of the best moments in horror yeah that ever happened because it's like you're preparing yourself you know that something bad is gonna happen yes. but there's no way you could have prepared yourself for what nope. for that not in a million years like yeah. it's boom there's our killer boom he has killed right. boom now they're gone now like it's, gone. yeah i i blame kirk oh of course 100 percent yeah. i I don't feel bad. For one, <laughs> you're wandering around. You don't somebody. just walk into somebody's house. Well, he was screaming the outside the whole time. Then he just walks in the door. Yeah. Then he's still screaming inside for somebody. <laughs> then you proceed to walk into someone else's room. What did you think was going to happen? This is trespassing. Yeah, you're <laughs> in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like... yeah. I also wanted to point out that this is a direct parallel to how Franklin described the old school way of killing cows at the slaughterhouse. Yes, and that bashing comes up a them, few times. Bashing them in the head and then it not fully killing them. Yeah. Like it was it was a direct callback to that. And Kirk seizing on the ground after Ooh. he's hit is oh, yeah. horrifying. Oh, yeah. Like just in those I don't even know how many seconds it is that this happens in, but it's No, it's very effective, very disturbing. It's scary. Yeah. Very quickly, Toby Hooper had a background in documentary filmmaking, and moments like this, you feel it because there's an immersion in this movie that you don't get a lot in horror movies. You feel like you are in this grimy, sweaty, disgusting, stinky house with them, especially during moments like this where shit's tight Mm -hmm. and things are just going insane. It's It's very claustrophobic, but... You see that that history he had pays off here. Yeah. And it's very effective, like you said. So outside, Pam is calling for Kirk. And when he doesn't answer her, she goes into the house. We get this amazing shot from behind her as she's walking up to the house. It's so good. Just again, the cinematography, I'm not going to go into it all over again. But I will (laughs) say I did read that this shot was not in the original storyboards. And so when the producer came down, he apparently thought that they were just going to make a piece of shit after a while because of the way that things were going. Mm -hmm. And so when he saw that they were getting ready for this shot, he's like, oh, no, it's not in the storyboards. Keep going. And they fought to get this shot in the movie. And it's honestly one of my favorite shots. No, it's it's so good. It's It's that sweeping. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I'm glad that they fought for it. So she goes inside. She walks past that sliding door that Leatherface closed. And she's calling for Kirk the whole time. She walks through this dark room and we hear like chains rattling. Mm -hmm. She opens a curtain dividing another room and trips into the room. The floor is covered in feathers and bones. 
there's a chicken in a cage <laughs> for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I know it's incredibly childish, but when she fell, it sounded like the chicken laughed at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why is the chicken scary? Like, I don't I know. <laughs> like, not a chicken. Yeah. Her only we, weakness. Yeah, her only weakness was the chicken. Damn. We see a bench decorated in human bones. And I think this is where the Ed Gein influence is really apparent. Right. Um, there's decorations made of human bones everywhere. There's a pile that's a mix of human bones and animal bones. Pam spends a lot of time gagging and screaming when she could be running. Very loudly, too. Yeah. You don't know where Kirk is. No. <laughs> you don't know anything right now, so let's go ahead and make a lot of noise. Yes. It's the most logical <laughs> yeah, way I, to handle that. And I get it. She's scared and whatever, but that was one thing that kind of bothered me a little yeah. bit. was like, she's just sitting there. Yeah. It's like, are you waiting? Somebody come kill me. Somebody come <laughs> right? kill me. It's I'm like, right here. Get up and take the fuck off. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You were safe on that yeah. swing. <laughs> go. Right, go back to the swing. <laughs> yeah. Go back outside. When she finally runs, she makes it outside and we get the iconic shot of Leatherface grabbing her and pulling her back into the house. It's amazing. It's funny because her shoes fly off. <sighs> she kicks them off like she will be staying for a while. Yeah. Yeah. She, well, she will. Yeah. But that shot's incredible. Um, and he, it's been ribbed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like countless times. Um, he takes her past that sliding door. So this is the furthest into the house that we've been. Mm-hmm. And with no hesitation, hangs her up on a giant meat hook. Well, she has a blood bucket underneath her. So it's like you plan for this prepared. Uh, Yeah. Stop walking in people's houses. Stop. Uh (laughs) Leatherface starts up a chainsaw. Pam screams and struggles. And I guess he goes to dismember Kirk. Right. Who's lying on a table in the middle of the room. I I did want to say a few things about that very quickly. First of all, the chainsaw that Gunnar Hansen has is a real chainsaw. That is horrible horrifying there are just some times and some scenes where the blades aren't on but a lot of times they are on and so in this scene he told the actor who plays kirk he was like don't move yeah Yeah, because this will fucking kill you you will die please don't move the other thing that's interesting to me is that for a movie called the texas chainsaw massacre and with the reputation that this movie has, a lot of the violence is more implied than, than shown. Seen. Yeah. I read that they were trying to get a PG-13 rating. Yeah, I did see that. So too. a lot of it, they didn't want to explicitly show. I, th- I mean, I think that's interesting. You don't hear like the crunch when she gets put on the hook. You don't see blood. But you don't. Still, you yeah. still wince. It's Even still... when he's sawing up Kirk... It's obstructed. Yeah, it's kind of it reminds me. You remember that old saying, you know, they say uh, erotic is using a feather. Pervert is using the whole chicken. Mm -hmm. The thing about this movie is that they use the feather, but you feel like you're in the coop. (laughs) You're in the cage. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) While it's laughing at you. But it's, it's just incredible. And that takes a really skilled filmmaker. Yeah. I wanted to mention here that Terry McMinn when she's crying and struggling on the hook. Uh-huh. Obviously, they didn't put her on a hook. Well, that's good. She was lifted up with the harness, and to pad between the harness and her, they used maxi pads. What? Again, the budget was huge yeah. on this movie. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Um, <laughs> the harness still painfully dug into her skin. The maxi pads oh, didn't sure. do much. Well, they're so, not made for that. No, yeah, they're- <laughs> that's not. Toby, Yeah, no. come on. She was in horrible pain from the harness and decided to just use it. And 
like used it for the scene. She did. And that's not the only time that happens in this movie. No, people get hurt <laughs> in yeah. this movie. It's insane. The stuff we were talking before we started recording, you had said the stuff they got away with in the 70s. Back in the day, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Do anything to your actors. Yeah, they they yeah. So back at the Franklin house, Franklin is still worried about the blood smear on the van. And Jerry is teasing him. He's like, oh, yeah, I gave him your address and the hitchhiker's coming to get you. It's like, honestly, the most it's not even a joke. Yeah. He's, no. like, he's going to kill you. <laughs> it's like at least put some stank yeah, on it. Make no. it funny. <laughs> I know you're dark joking about her dead grandpa and everything. Right? But damn. Uh, get it together. Yeah. Franklin is angry with Sally because he can't find his disgusting knife and she was the last one that had it. Mm -hmm. She climbs into the van to start to look for the knife and Jerry says he's going to go down to the creek to look for Kirk and Pam. Sally asks if she can go and Jerry's like, no, why don't you just stay here? (laughs) I don't know why. Neither, because that's his girlfriend. Yeah, well. He's probably like, if if you go, then Franklin's going to want to go. We're not doing that. No. Was I the only one that thought that whenever you first see them all in the van together, like they're all college students and he's the professor? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I read that he was 30, I think 32 when this came out. Everybody else was clearly in their 20s, but we'll just. And he looked older than 32. Yeah, we'll keep that. (laughs) (laughs) so she gets frustrated she can't find the knife and just sits down outside the van with franklin franklin's like are you mad at me he's a big old baby (laughs) man he's he's like a man child yeah she says she's not mad but you can tell she's mad like shouldn't have brought you yeah Jerry is on like the path that Kirk and Pam took and he's calling for Kirk and looking around. There is an amazing shot with the sun in front mm-hmm. of him. Yeah. You feel the heat yeah, oh, man. through the cinematography. Yes. It is again. Damn. Back at the van, Franklin is like, so do you believe in all that astrology stuff <laughs> Pam was talking about? It's like, will you stop? Yeah. She just blows him off. She's like, "Something's, everything's got to mean something. She's yeah. like, I don't just stop. And I mean, honestly, that's a really good mantra. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. He asks her again about the hitchhiker following them. And Sally is like clearly annoyed and mm-hmm. does not want to be. Nobody wants to be with Franklin, basically. <laughs> So back in the house where Pam's hanging out, (laughs) the sun is setting and Jerry is still looking for them. He comes upon the house and calls inside and hears weird noises. Well, when he knocks on the door, he says, hello, I'm looking for some friends. They're like, we have enough friends. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Not, we don't need another one. Yeah, I lost my friends, maybe. Or have you seen yeah. my yeah. friends? I don't know. Come on, Jerry. There's You're weird. You're 45 yeah, years old. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know better than yeah. this. He hears weird noises, so he immediately assumes that it's Pam and Kirk playing a trick on him, mm-hmm. and just walks right in the house again. His fault. Yeah, everybody's real <laughs> cool with just walking yeah, in a stranger's, stranger's house. house. And, uh, I'd never do that. No. He's, he no. stops to look at that red wall with the skulls and the heads on it and then mm-hmm. goes into the next room. The hook that Pam was on is bloody, but it's empty. Mm-hmm. And the table that Kirk was on is also empty. There's. It sounds like there's knocking coming from a freezer mm-hmm. up against the wall. Like one of those big... Right. Like... Storage freezer. Right, Here right. I go again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's a big freezer. One of those it's a deep freeze. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah. That, no, a deep freeze is like a walk-in, isn't it? It's a big no, freezer. Yeah, it's a freezer, yeah. <laughs> hey, 
Um, he opens it up and Pam like flops up when he opens it. Mm-hmm. Immediately, Leatherface wastes no time at any point. This dude comes in and smashes Jerry's head with a sledgehammer. And Jerry Jerry does not die with dignity. <laughs> no. He screams like Ned Flanders <laughs> and gets fucking smashed. He throws Pam back into the freezer and locks it. Leatherface himself screams and then runs to the window to look outside. Like, he's scared. He looked, like, remorseful almost. Yes. He sits down, and we get a shot of him, and he's, like, licking his teeth and looking remorseful and anxious. I think this is a good time to mention that Toby Hooper gave Gunnar Hansen control on how he wanted to play Leatherface. Oh, interesting. Hansen's interpretation of him is that Leatherface is intellectually disabled. He's paranoid and afraid, hence looking out the window after he catches Kirk in his house. Right. right. I was just wondering, like, is he running around just doing arts and crafts all day? <laughs> like, is that just what he does there? He doesn't want to be disturbed. Yeah. Right. And then they gets, came yeah, into his house. Like, right, you, I was trying to kill this chicken. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fuck now. Yeah. <laughs> He said that he kills out of fear of strangers instead of out of evil or maliciousness. Mm. Much like a cornered animal that bites, he's more afraid of his victims than they are of him. Interesting. Hmm. And he has, honestly, you feel that. Yes, yeah. especially the this little scene of him. Like, he's scared. Mm-hmm. He looks scared. He has no personality of his own and uses the faces of his victims to portray the personality that he wants for the day or for the moment. And the scenes so far that we've seen him, he's wearing his killing mask. He ah. and he does have separate. There's three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another and we'll thing talk that's about those later. Interesting. I know Ed Gein, serial killer, used to wear the skin of his victims and whatnot. Yeah. I did read that Toby Hooper also got the idea for the masks because a friend of his was a doctor and he told him that when he was in pre-med, he fucking, the, you know, the cadavers yeah. that they would not exper- <laughs> experiment, the wrong word, <laughs> that they would use as an educational tool. <laughs> I guess a lot of pre-med students are like, hey, what right, you <laughs> that's not what we, <laughs> that's not what we do. Right. But... I'll, the one, the pre-med student, his friend, skinned the face off of one of the cadavers and made it into a Halloween no. mask for himself. What? And so Toby Hooper's like, oh, I'm using that right. shit. <laughs> so it's, you know, a lot of different sources came together to create this character of Leatherface. Yeah. It's interesting. It's super yeah, interesting. I, I read that too. I was yeah. like, what that the is, shit. fuck are I you guys doing? Yeah, and his friend... Edward Gein. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's no. Of Plainview, yeah. Wisconsin. Interesting. Fun fact. <laughs> so outside now, we get a really long shot of the moon, and it is fully nighttime. And it is a long shot. It's yeah. a really long shot. You mean yeah. long as in camera distance and long as in length. Long. Yeah. Sally and Franklin are still sitting by the van outside. Sally's honking the horn. She wants to go look for everybody Mm -hmm. but franklin wants to go back to the gas station and see if they can help them (laughs) sally says that she's not going to leave without jerry and they're screaming his name sally asks franklin for his flashlight and he says no yeah he's not down with that (laughs) yeah he says he's gonna honk the horn one more time and if no one comes then they need to leave when he goes to honk the horn, he realizes that they don't have the keys. Fantastic. <laughs> and he's real upset about it. Yeah. Um, at this point, Sally tries to physically wrestle the flashlight away from Franklin. Mm-hmm. 
and he finally relents and he's like, okay, but I'm, I'm going with you. Can I say, because right after that is another shot of the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got the shot of the moon. You got them arguing over what to do next. Her saying, let's go. Him saying, let's wait. Him honking the horn, etc. Goes on and on and on yeah. and on. This sequence is five minutes. This <laughs> film is 83 minutes. Yeah. So it's like 5% of the film yeah. is this. <laughs> I have a problem with the pacing of this film in times like this, because I'm like, this could have been accomplished in 10 seconds. That's Let's fair. go. Let's honk the horn real quick and see. They do it, and then they're like, all right, well, you know, let's go. Even if you have to show that Franklin's fucking terrified of going, you yeah. can do that on the way. Let's and we move only, towards. We <laughs> only need to see the moon once. Yeah, yeah. And like, remember the moon? Ooh. It's big tonight. Yeah. So they're going, they're screaming for Jerry and Sally is struggling to push Franklin toward a light that they see in the distance. And the terrain is not forgiving. No, it's not. Franklin keeps saying that he hears something out there, but Franklin has been paranoid for the whole film. So we're not paying him any mind. No. But (laughs) Leatherface comes out of nowhere and starts going to town on Franklin with his chainsaw. It is very shocking. Yes. Yeah. And... To think she literally pushed him into his own death. Yeah. And you actually see some blood. Yeah. I did read, again, with the dangers of making this film, he's using a real chainsaw. And I read that one of the people on the set, one of the members of the crew, she was spraying red caro syrup at him to do like the spatter of blood of him murdering Franklin. And he slipped and he nearly chopped oh himself with the with oh his chainsaw God. like it was dangerous also gunner hansen said on the record that he was so annoyed with paul partain that he enjoyed the fact that he was oh killing franklin God. out of the movie and like i said before years later they became friends i wanted to i didn't want to spoil anything about him dying but God. That's how bad he was on the set. They were like, good. Goodbye. <laughs> they, that's why they used the real chainsaw. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that out of a movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this is the only person killed by a chainsaw. Holy shit. You're right. It's hammers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should have hmm. been the Texas Sledgehammer <laughs> Massacre. Yeah. Not as catchy. Not as, yeah. Should have been head cheese. Hammerhead. <laughs> Hammerhead the movie. Hammerhead cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Sally is watching her brother get murdered brutally mm-hmm. and she is screaming and she takes off. She's like, it's too late for Franklin, yeah. <laughs> but I can still save me. Yeah. Of course, Leatherface comes after her. She runs to the house. I would assume that this is his house. You're no, right yeah. near it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have ran right fucking past, yeah. but she doesn't. And she... Gunnar Hansen had to wear three inch lifts to be that much taller than everyone else, but he could still run faster than Marilyn Burns in this scene. So that's why you see him stopping and literally cutting trees at yeah, some point. Yeah, well, the trees were he's... overgrown. He had to <laughs> trim them a little bit. It is his property. Yeah. He's like, this oh, is unacceptable. Shit, I missed this the other day. Uh-uh. Damn, this is embarrassing. Get... <laughs> it's funny to me because I read that he ran miles a day to prepare himself for these scenes so he was ready and honestly it shows yeah. this dude has some good cardio I couldn't fucking I would have no. been chopped no. and then what the chainsaw <laughs> oh, and yeah. trimming trees nope. nah he's multitasking yeah. there's no way that's how good he is 
Sally runs through the front door of the house and closes it behind her like he doesn't have a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> a, any kind of... <laughs> Barrier. Yeah. She runs upstairs screaming for help while he makes short work of the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She throws herself into a man's lap that's sitting upstairs asking for help. And we see that he appears to be a corpse sitting across from what appears to be the corpse of a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not much help. Yeah, yet. No. not really. She goes back downstairs just as Leatherface is coming through the front door. Before he chases her, though, and it's little stuff like this that Gunner Hansen, I have to give him my full respect. Before he runs after her, he physically jerks back like he's scared to see her. God damn. And then he that goes is after so her. That's so true. Yes. She runs back upstairs and jumps out of a window. <laughs> Leatherface looks down like, I'm not doing that shit. No. <laughs> like, you bested me. I'll yeah. run, but I'm yeah. not jumping out of fucking windows. My thing is, even look, I'm not a psycho killer. Right. But if I was... Cascacy. She just earned her safety. She yeah. earned her exit. I'm not doing... I'm, I'd be like, bravo. She wanted it more. Exactly. Yeah, she does a lot of scream running. So much screaming. <laughs> and I get it. You're trying to get away. You're afraid... Maybe be quiet a little bit so he can't find he you. He doesn't know exactly yeah. where you are. Nobody considers that. No. <laughs> she runs off, like you said, still screaming. They run through the woods again, and Sally finds her way to the gas station that they stopped at. Leatherface has come properly out of the house <laughs> to chase her. Yeah. She bursts into a room and finds the cook that Jerry and Kirk were talking to when they were at the gas station before. Mm-hmm. He tries to console her too physically in my opinion no i would agree yeah and she begs taking him, advantage of the situation yeah. yeah she begs him to call the cops he says that he doesn't have a phone and they're gonna have to drive into childress which is like damn and yeah. i'm sorry but you're telling me that you're a business and you don't have a phone yeah that would have been a huge red flag right yeah. like oh i need to go <laughs> he <laughs> leaves it. he leaves to get his truck and we look at sally for a long time but he leaves the door wide open yeah, yeah. leatherface was on her trail oh she, he was right behind so her. i'd be like first of all Shut that door. Yeah. Second of all, why is why am I not hearing you getting chopped up right now? Because yeah. he was right there. He was. Sally sits there and she is shaking. Mm-hmm. And she notices the meat strung up for the barbecue. Mm-hmm. The radio is on, still talking about the grave robbing. Now, on the radio, he before he was like, oh, he's out of towners. Now he says... The grave robbers were some West Coast jewel thieves. I'm like, what, what kind of chicken what fried bullshit fuck? is this? Look, we Who get wrote it. This? It wasn't anybody in town, all right? But come on. Was that a common? That's hilarious. It's always those damn jewel thieves. Yeah. From the West Coast. From the West Coast specifically. So the cook comes back in with a rope and a sack. And I think at this moment, this fuck. Is... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sally grabs a knife, I guess, that was there to cut up the barbecue. We got a weird shot of the barbecue. And in the barbecue, did it look like a human torso I to anybody else? I couldn't tell what that was. Like, I hope that's brisket. because I, <laughs> I feel like that's probably a safe assumption at yeah. this point. So am I the only one that thought it looked good? <laughs> it's, it's like, like damn, damn, we need to get some barbecue. Like, oh, right? <laughs> Highly suggestible <Yeah>. type. <laughs> Um, she grabs the knife, but he grabs a broom. Broom beats knife. Apparently, it's her only weakness. 
because she doesn't even really put up a fight against yeah. this broom. Smacks the knife out of her that's, hand with the broom. That's what I thought. Did you re- do you really want to live if you're going to get your ass beat with, with the broom? broom and then a small broom at that? Yeah, it wasn't even a full size broom. No, it was the tiny broom, <laughs> bristly like yeah, straw yeah, broom. the little. <laughs> Like, come on, man. He starts beating her with the broom and manages to knock her out, tie her up, and put the sack over her head. He puts her in the truck, but before they drive off, he remembers to go back inside and shut the lights off, (laughs) complaining about the price of electricity. Hey, man. And if that's not a dad move... (laughs) Hey. I don't know what is. He checked the thermostat. Yeah. She's crying and screaming as they drive off. And he alternates between consoling her and beating her yeah, with the broom. With the br- he <laughs> He's like a cartoon villain. He I goes, put that he's driving like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, that no. wheel yeah, no, motherfuckers all over the road. But he's like, he's like, hey, no need to cry. And then he badges her with the yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, this is a lot. What is happening? Yeah. So it all comes full circle when he pulls up to Leatherface's house. Mm-hmm. And the hitchhiker is there. Yes. You're like, God damn it. Of course. Right. Of course. Why wouldn't he be yeah. there? He is calling him an idiot. The cook is calling the hitchhiker an idiot. Yeah. He gets out of the truck and starts beating him about nearly getting caught saying, I told you to stay away mm-hmm. from that graveyard. Now. Oh, he's the jewel thief. Yeah, he's from the West Coast. But the thing is that really got me that I didn't notice until this time is the amazing opening after that narration of those corpses that we see Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the film. Who's the only person we've seen in this film with a camera? That's what those snapshots are. And it took me until this time it to took realize me until that. No time. I did not put that together at all. But that right, was him. And you hear all Damn the noises it. of them going through the graves and stuff. It's fucking the hitchhiker. That's so good. It, that blew my mind. I was like, "Damn, everything is tied That's together." So good. Yeah, for a movie that just seems like it's a bunch of crazy shit happening. It's chaos. Yeah, but there's structure. So the hitchhiker jumps into the bed of the truck, and they drive up to the house the rest of the way. As they're taking Sally out of the truck, the cook is still yelling at the hitchhiker, Mm -hmm. scolding him for leaving his brother alone, saying that he hopes that the brother didn't let any of those kids get away. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because wasn't he telling them not to go out there? He was. Yeah, he was. There's something that comes up later that kind of explains that, though. Oh, okay. And the other thing about it is if he's his brother... That's where he got those skills, the slaughterhouse. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it yes. all yeah, makes yeah, even more yes. sense. He, <laughs> the cook is pissed about Leatherface ruining the door. <laughs> They're bringing in a kidnapped woman, and he goes, he has no pride in his home. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen this home? Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Like, not a lot to have pride in. But we had yeah. a nice door. That was the only mm. thing that wasn't made of animal. Mm. <laughs> or, or a man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The they take Sally's sack off of her head and the hitchhiker recognizes her and he's like, Oh, I thought you were in a hurry. And it's just like poking her. Yeah. I kinda like that. I would feel like I had I, I'm I'm crazy now. Well let me yeah. rephrase. I don't like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I liked it. No. <laughs> I like that there was a moment of recognition. Yes. That he yes. acknowledged the history that they did have together. Yeah. It's not like he was just like, So are we gonna kill this stranger or what? <laughs> yeah. No, he he's like, I remember you and you were kicking me out of your van yep. because you had to get somewhere. Well, guess where you ended up? Hey. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. 
So the cook asks Leatherface where the kids are, and Leatherface is answering in high-pitched gibberish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also is wearing an old lady mask. He is. Which is a, a, a face. And <laughs> he's carrying a wooden spoon and wearing an apron. So this is like domestic leather face. Right. Like he's preparing dinner and he's getting the house ready for everybody to come home. Right. The subtlety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, in his gibberish, he establishes that none of the kids got away, but the cook still beats him for ruining the door. Yeah. <laughs> he's real upset about the door. Yeah. The cook tells the hitchhiker to go upstairs and get grandpa. He tells Sally that they're making dinner and it's going to be ready soon. I'd be like, I'm pass we don't need to <laughs> no yeah. thanks i'm not rsvping i saw your torso brisket yeah, yeah. i'm good <laughs> sally here's dragging upstairs and the hitchhiker asks leatherface to help him bring grandpa down and i think this is where we first hear leatherface the name oh yes is from the hitchhiker calling yeah, yeah, him that yeah. i couldn't tell if he was using it as like an insult like yes. a pejorative like yeah. hey you with all your stupid fucking masks yeah. yeah or if he was like oh no we call him leatherface yes. yeah. i don't know and name. especially That's with the character yeah. especially with his character you don't know not at all uh, we see that grandpa is the corpse that sally threw herself on asking for help right upstairs when she was running yeah. from leatherface yeah now Grandpa is played by John Dugan, who was actually 20 years younger than Jim Seedow, who played the cook. (laughs) The makeup to play the grandpa took five hours to apply. So John Dugan refused to do it again a second time. All of his scenes then had to be filmed at once. Oh, my God. So that he could take the makeup off. So this meant 36 hours straight of filming for him. Damn. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Um, I feel I feel bad for the other cast members. Yeah, it's like, they're like well, he doesn't want to take his makeup off, so we're <laughs> fucked for a day. All right, a day and a half. so that kind of I would imagine add to the madness of this yes. scene that we're oh, about to see. Yeah, yeah I, I I want to talk about this. But before you get into that, so is he wearing a full skin suit or is he just really old? I think he's just really old. Because I just like his skin is weird, and then it's like, what the hell? I think he's just supposed to be like rotting old. Oh, okay. All so right, why didn't they sense. just get an already old man? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they, yeah. they needed to put on five hours worth of makeup. <laughs> all right, I guess. It's like, dude, the budget is $60,000, and this is what we're doing. Just hire some old guy. <laughs> Down at the gas station for the amount of stuff that the guy does. He didn't yeah, need that much acting no. experience. No. I don't know. But well, they any- did what they did. No, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Leatherface and the hitchhiker carefully carry him downstairs and seat him across from Sally. The hitchhiker puts a knife to Sally's throat and Leatherface slices her finger. In line with most of the films from this time, they actually sliced her finger because otherwise the blood didn't look right. <laughs> I read that Gunnar Hansen was trying to get, it was like a malfunction in the thing as well. There was a piece of tape over the blade of the knife that he was using. Uh And so as he was slicing her finger, there's supposed to be some blood that comes out and they couldn't get that to work. They couldn't get anything. And just uh, cut her. Yeah, no. In conjunction with what you said about the long day, Mm -hmm. Gunnar Hansen took the tape off. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I have, in a second, I have something else to say about oh, good the, the day getting to Gunnar Hansen. Okay. So after they slice her finger, they put her finger in grandpa's mouth and he sucks on it greedily mm-hmm. and then starts dancing. Yeah. He's fucking grooving on it, man. He loves He's it. like, it's his favorite thing. 
It's like, why didn't you tell me this was ready uh, earlier? What's happening? <laughs> it's so disturbing. Sally faints, as I think most of us would. <laughs> Sally wakes up at dinner. Like, the table is set. They even yeah. made her a plate. <laughs> she wakes up screaming. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm in hell. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. She's strapped to a chair, and her arms are on top of real arms. Yeah. They took the term armrest a little yeah, too literally. They did. Now, this is the scene that I have been, no pun intended, dying to talk about. <laughs> this scene is the bulk of the 36 hours straight of filming that they mm -hmm. had to do because of John Dugan and his makeup <laughs> situation. It was actually over 100 degrees outside and it was daytime. So they had to use blackout curtains so that you couldn't tell it was bright outside. Oh, shit. And Toby Hooper refused to let them run the AC. So that made the inside of the house with the blackout curtains even fucking hotter. Oh, because the sound as well. Oh, would fuck with the yeah. Sound. So the bones and the animal pieces and all that shit, that was real. The food on the table, all that was real. Of course it was. In the heat and the hours that they've been doing this, all that shit is rotting. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I can't even imagine the smell that is happening and the heat. They said it was 120 degrees inside the house when they God were filming damn. this dinner scene. Along with the smell, I, as I mentioned earlier, where I said that, you know, nobody really changes clothes because it's all supposed to take place in mm -hmm. the same day. Mm -hmm. Their budget was so low that everyone wore there were there was no wardrobe no with like five different outfits they all wore the exact same clothes throughout the entire filming process including gunner hansen who's fucking running miles as leatherface yeah. and so <laughs> he said he smelled fucking horrible himself and people wouldn't hang out with him during breaks because no. he smelled so bad he didn't want to hang out with himself he's like let me take a <laughs> yeah. shower but they wouldn't let him they didn't want to even wash his clothes because they said that if he did it could make them fade and yeah. it would look different on film and so he's just stuck his his makeup was good <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, he was all fancy for dinner yeah <laughs> in conjunction with <laughs> i can't even fucking imagine no. poor gunner hansen um the breaks that they got during the scene were to go outside and vomit because of the stench in the house yeah. the necessity that they stay in character in the sweltering heat uh -huh. obviously made the actors feel delirious later gunner hansen would admit that there was a brief second where he actually wanted to murder Marilyn Burns. Did he admit that to his therapist? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Edwin Neal would even say this scene was the single worst experience of his entire life, despite the fact that he served in Vietnam. Damn. <laughs> <Thank> God. <laughs> If that gives you any yeah, indication that's... of the hell that they went through for this scene. Take me to war. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. Where's the uh, gunfire, please? <laughs> yes. So anyway, this is the dinner scene. Sally is begging the cook to make him stop. And he tells her it, it can't be helped, which is like, it's not helpful. No. The hitchhiker is just straight up mocking her. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Leatherface is dressed for dinner. In a suit jacket and a pretty woman mask. It's got makeup, mm -hmm. eyeshadow, lipstick, whole nine. He went all out. Yeah. He did. He and the hitchhiker are touching Sally's face and playing with her hair. And the hitchhiker tells her that the cook can't do anything to stop them. He and Leatherface do all the work. And this old man's only the cook. <laughs> and he doesn't he appreciate yeah. that. No. He 
is initially offended, but then he's like, well, I can't take no pleasure in killing. Can we, do we have to talk about this now? Yeah. <laughs> we have a you guest. Uh. <laughs> like, this is family drama. We you don't, don't do any work around here. But all that did was make me think about how he didn't want, he didn't them, want to them to go there because he doesn't take pleasure in it. So he's like, look, it seemed as though maybe he was trying to save them from it, but then they fucked it up themselves yeah. by going he's there. He's like, now we, now we now got it's it. Just, yeah, that's just what it is now. That's why it can't be helped. Yeah. So Sally is just screaming and the hitchhiker is just steadily mocking her. And the cook looks simultaneously amused and uncomfortable. Yeah. Much more mixed messages from this yes. dude. Yes. He finally gets up and is like, don't torture her. The hitchhiker says that the cook always talks about how great grandpa was at killing. So he wants to let grandpa take a whack at it. <laughs> I think grandpa's killing days are far yeah. behind him. <laughs> The cook reiterates that Grandpa was the best killer there ever was, and it never took him more than one hit. He once killed 60 in five minutes. So Grandpa <laughs> is another slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse employee. Worker, which he said my grandpa and my brother. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to touch really briefly on the relationship between these men. Also, it's really disturbing that they're all men. There's no women involved. Except for the corpse upstairs. Yeah. That's honestly one of my biggest complaints mm -hmm. about this portion of the film is I think that while everything is amazingly terrifying, mm -hmm. could you imagine Wait. how scarier it would be if there was just a calm female presence along for the ride of this fucking lunacy yeah. and down with it? I feel like that would have elevated it even more. But I totally agree. Maybe there's just something less scary to me about a bunch of dudes doing this shit because you're like dudes are you know whatever but if a woman's involved holy shit no way and even if she's just like just chilling like mm -hmm. this, this yeah. is just my life even like, if she was like there's i don't take no pleasure in killing but i'm fucking here and, and i'm, I'm not hungry. stopping yeah. it and i would enjoy eating yeah. <laughs> i do like to eat yeah um, I also assumed the cook to be their dad. Yeah, right. But they're all brothers, I guess, except for grandpa. But I feel like he has a fatherly presence. I mean, he was beating them. I was going to say, yeah. beating his ass, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you started beating my ass, I'm like, dude, you're, <laughs> you're you no can't do that. <laughs> so in an attempt to give grandpa a whack at it, as the hitchhiker says, he takes Sally over to Grandpa and holds her over a bucket. Leatherface puts a hammer in Grandpa's hand and he literally cannot hold on to it. I'm sorry, but they give him way too many opportunities. <laughs> they do. <laughs> he keeps dropping it and this goes on for a really long time. Yeah, it's, it didn't need to happen that long. I think it falls on her head once and yeah. hurts her, but like it's not. They're like, no, that counts. Yeah. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Grandpa. Yeah. She's struggling and screaming the entire time. And it's so brutal. And when you think about the way that they were discussing this is how it was done with animals, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about with Guillermo del Toro is it feels almost like this film is an ad for vegetarianism. vegetarianism? <laughs> because they're like, this, you're horrified? This is a cow's life. Well, or, what, you know what I mean? What's interesting, though, is back in the van when Franklin's talking about it and Sally's like, I like meat, stop. Right. Pam's like, this is happening whether you hear about it or not. Exactly. It's like this I is feel like Pam is the voice of reason yeah. throughout this entire movie. But I kind of had that theory and then I looked it up online and it turns out a lot of people have that theory. I mean, that's fair. So, I mean, it's an interesting way to view the film. Yeah. 
as like, you know, kind of a we're all service. animals, yeah. you know, yeah. and why is it? I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not being preachy, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's an interesting lens. It mm-hmm. is. Also, a quick sidebar about Pam. Terry McMinn stayed convinced that Pam made it out because you never saw her actually die. You know, that's totally true. You see Jerry scream and get murdered. Yeah. But she's just in the freezer. Yeah. And if anybody deserved to make it out, it was fucking Pam. She was a voice of reason. She was. But anyway. Tell us about Saturn and retrograde. She did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Grandpa keeps dropping the hammer to the point to where the hitchhiker is like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> He lets go of Sally to get the hammer and Sally takes this opportunity to run and jump out of a window for a second time. Dude, Leatherface should have been like, you're on my ass about the door. That's the second (laughs) window. (laughs) She is ruined in this house. She has no pride. No no pride. She takes her sweet time getting up, though, after landing. She, from what I read, actually injured herself here. She didn't dive out the window. Right. It was a stunt woman that I guess dived out the window. So they had to do an insert shot of her getting off the ground. So it was her. Mm -hmm. And somehow in the shooting of this shot, she injured herself. (laughs) I don't. They literally brought in a stunt woman so she wouldn't. And then she did. Still got hurt. Right. I've got one more onset injury coming up. Oh, God. So the hitchhiker, of course, runs after her and Leatherface follows with his chainsaw. Mm hmm. As the hitchhiker is getting closer to Sally, and she, now that you mentioned it, she is running like she's in pain. Yes. And yeah. I figured it was. That's very fair. I mean, yeah. she's like, like her leg isn't, won't straighten all the way. That's mm-hmm. how she's running. <laughs> she's um, like, this is how Sally runs now. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so as, this, as the hitchhiker is getting closer to her, he's slicing up her back mm-hmm. with a knife. Oh, yeah. Just, it's not even like. He could very easily just kill her. No, he can but grab he's just her. Fucking around. Yeah. Um, they run out into the road, and the hitchhiker gets hit by a semi. Yeah. I wonder if that's foreshadowing. Now that I'm thinking about it, at the beginning mm. when it goes by, but the driver gets out. <laughs> Dude, this killed me. Sees Leatherface and turns right the fuck back. Yep. He gets out like, "Oh, I just creamed that guy." Oh shit! <laughs> and then just. Oh. <laughs> But he's helpful. He is. He helps Sally up into his truck. Leatherface goes up to the door and starts fucking it up with the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just leave in the truck, though? I don't See, know. I, he's not going through the door. I no. had the same question. Just and go. The, but the window's open, and he didn't even go for the window. He's no. just messing with the yeah. door. Yeah. But they don't leave in the truck. They climb out the passenger side and the truck driver grabs a wrench on the way out. So Sally and the truck driver are running and the truck driver throws the wrench at Leatherface and it fucking hits him in the head. Yeah. The aim was impeccable. No, that was great. Dead on. So Leatherface goes down and falls and his chainsaw slices into oh his leg. God, that's gruesome. It looks horrible. Now, this is the other injury that I wanted to talk about. To make this look realistic, they put a piece of metal on Gunnar Hansen's leg uh-huh. and put a piece of meat on top of the metal. He was supposed to use the chainsaw to cut the meat on top of the metal. The chainsaw hit the metal and the vibration severely burned his leg. Oh, oh my God. So like we've said before, the screams of pain are completely real. <laughs> I just, dude, what were they, what were directors <laughs> doing dude, in the 70s? Dude, it was 70s? the fucking Wild West. He, in, who's to say the metal was safe? Like, no, it, it could have just chopped his it. leg clean off. 
We'll use that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have one leg. Exactly. You're out of your mind. So a man just driving along in a truck uh-huh. comes and Sally flags him down and climbs into the bed of the truck. I wonder, though, where the first truck driver went well, off to. He took off. No, he bailed. Yeah, yeah. he just took God. off. You know, it, it reminded me almost of Grand Theft Auto when shit just starts going crazy and the public <laughs> will just, just run. <laughs> and they just keep running. Like You can follow yeah. them and they're just gone. That's kind of what the truck driver did. Nope. He never went back to his truck. He just is existing out there. So Sally climbs into the bed of that truck and dude fucking takes off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, what else <laughs> right. would you do? Yeah. So in the sunrise, as Sally's getting away, Leatherface swings his chainsaw around in frustration. And you realize this was just a love story between a man <laughs> and his chainsaw. <laughs> It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Toby Hooper had wanted him to just stomp his foot in frustration. What? Is this a cart? Is he going to shake yeah. his fist? Yeah. And Gunnar Hansen didn't think that that conveyed enough of what Leatherface would be feeling at that moment. No. And he also purposefully wanted to scare Toby Hooper for the way that they were all treated on set. So that's where you get that shot of him swinging his chainsaw. It's a, an amazing shot. No, it's an shot. amazing shot. It's like an interpretive dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, that's what I took it is that he was dancing. Yeah. Right? It became just, an art film at yeah. the end. He's supposed to be frustrated oh, that she I got didn't away. Get that at all. Dude, I'm sorry, but two things. One, her laughter as yeah. she's getting away. That's the very last. I just got goosebumps. No, no <laughs> joke. I wrote on my notes shot. in conjunction with him swinging the chainsaw gave me goosebumps when I watched it and this she's time. She's covered in blood it's, and just laughing. It's and amazing, laughing. maniacally. And honestly, after mm-hmm. all she went through, that shit was probably she, she probably yeah. did go a little insane. Yeah, but. I also read that Toby Hooper, looking back on the film, he said that he thinks everybody hated him on set because of the way he treated them. I bet they did. And so I'm not surprised at all that he's like, I'm going to scare the shit out of this dude because fuck that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What did you guys think? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That ending was perfect. Like, I... I, No, the ending is amazing. that... Well, the whole movie to me was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that ending was just what I wanted to see. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm frustration or whatever. I took it as a little dance and I it's was like, like, this beautiful, is great. It's like beautiful, though. No, in yeah. A weird it way. was fantastic. It's like, it's choreographed. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. No, it's no, incredible. Yeah. And then again, her screaming along with it and, and laughing. laughing. Yeah. Not screaming, laughing is what yeah. I meant. But. It's it's just amazing. It is. And everything leading up to it, there's there are some things that obviously, you know, don't work quite as well that I might change, but you look at the cinematography, you look at everything that that film has meant for horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also read, you know, again on this like shoestring budget, it becomes one of the highest grossing independent films of all time. Yeah. I read somewhere that it made more money than any movie ever made in Texas. Jeez. <laughs> so it's like incredible. I think it got eventually, as far as independent films go, dethroned four years later when Halloween came out. Right. But it's remarkable yeah. what they were able to do with so little money. And honestly, I don't want to say amateur talent, but nobody was a professional. No, but they made it work. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> uh, earlier in the film, I didn't really want to bring it up because I didn't want to mess with the, you know, right. the whole feeling of it. But uh, when the hitchhiker, when they throw him out of the van and he's blowing raspberries and he's smacking the side of the thing, if you look closely in the reflection from the inside shot of the van, mm-hmm. you clearly see a crew member <laughs> with uh, 
what is it a clap uh, the clapboard? yeah the clapboard <laughs> like you you can see him he's sitting there it's <laughs> it's it's pretty weird when you see it and it's like what are you no, what are you doing yeah it's like, what are you doing it's so there? unnecessary no yeah i and i think that just like demonstrates this ragtag group of yeah. people yeah. came together uh Kim Henkel talked about it later on. He said, this is basically an elevated student film yeah. that somehow fucking changed Took the off. landscape, yeah. basically. Yeah, but, and that proves it. Yeah, well, we talked about it earlier. You said like one guy that worked for Texas Tech or something, finance. Yeah, he was like a politician thing. or something that fashioned himself as like a film producer. That's crazy. And he just gave like 60 grand. Yeah. That's crazy. Financed the movie. I think he was the one that came to the set and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is yeah, this? The exactly. Is this? But no, it's it's just amazing that this came together the way it did. No, and that yeah. poor cast, though, I will say. Oh, no. Good Lord. They suffered for their art. Absolutely. Well. And I just, I can't give Gunnar Hansen enough credit for what he did with Leatherface. Because, I mean, on the surface, you can always, almost see him as, like, just some big brute that loves to kill stuff. Yeah. But, like, he made it so much deeper and more meaningful than that and clearly was having kind of a, a break in his mental health while yes. while <laughs> doing this film so it's like chef's kiss yeah. no it's incredible and it's funny when you think about the hall of fame of slashers yeah leatherface is like first ballot yeah <laughs> you know and it's just crazy to think that he in 1974 was like look i'm going to give this character depth he's not just a mindless killing yeah. machine yeah he's got feelings thoughts conflicting yeah you know it's unbelievable and it's like was him working at the slaughterhouse this is just what he knows See, like it's, and it's so yeah that's another thing like i was saying about vegetarianism you yeah. know being kind of a thing there's also theories online that the themes are you know this movie can be spoken about automation and what it does to the American worker. It can be Fuck. a discussion about what happens when things like the Vietnam War affect society and people come home. What do they do then? It's deeper than just your standard slasher. slasher. Right. Yeah. And people who just watch it on the surface won't dig that deep. But if you dig that deep, you will surprisingly find There's a, a lot, lot there. of things. So I guess that brings us to ratings. Mm-hmm. And I guess I got to go first. <laughs> um, I guess we don't really need to rehash all the reasons why this movie is great. And it's not like I've never seen this before, but I feel like every single time I watch it, I either notice something, a connection that makes the story make even more sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get something new out of every time that I watch it. Right. And is it technically a perfect movie? No, no. There are some shots that linger on for way too long. <laughs> there are yeah. chase scenes that go on for too I mean, it's not technically perfect, but I feel like almost no movie is. So you kind of have to weigh it's good against its flaws, so to speak. So honestly, I'm a little surprised myself. <laughs> but on a scale from one to ten meat hooks... I'm going to give the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 10 out of 10 meat hooks. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like any shortcomings it may have had is more than outweighed by the story that it told and really just what pushed it over the top 
from a nine or a nine point five, it's it's Gunnar Hansen's interpretation of Leatherface. For me, that's that's what did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, I will open <laughs> up the floor. Well, like I've told you before, usually when we do a movie. As soon as I'm done with it, I'll give it a rating. Yeah. You know, and then I just kind of build from there. My score was already kind of high mm-hmm. to begin with, but sitting here and discussing it and getting into it and remembering it and thinking about it and kind of over and over, I I agree w- with you. Like What? <laughs> like I said, every you're right, you know, like I I think the dinner scene, scene went on a little longer than what it should have. <laughs> you know, there's d- dude was kind of annoying. Frankly. Yeah. But you can overlook those things and you can see the bigger picture and see all the little things that are there and pick up on them and whatnot. I think what pushed me over was talking about the ending again. Right. Because I see him, and again, I still think he's dancing. (laughs) And that was, I don't know if it's the maniac in me or the horror lover... (laughs) But seeing him dance and the like, the sun like it was it was beautiful, right? It's an it's and amazing. I I can't help but give it a ten mm-hmm. because of that alone. And I I did watch this like I said when I was younger. You know I watched it quite a bit and the sequels, whatever. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna give it ten meat hooks out of ten. And you're stingy with your meat. Uh, right I now, am, yeah. but it, <laughs> and that, but it is your. And you guys are right. That last shot is like the one thing that's even since I was small has always stuck with me. Right. And watching it as an adult, it still gives me that feeling mm-hmm. of he's not a monster. Yeah. No, he's not. It's it's incredible. I watching the movie before we got to the last scene. I was like, this is a, it's probably a nine, 9.5. Right. You know, not just because of the history of it and what it meant for the horror genre, but because it's just a damn good movie. It really is. But then the more, like you said, JP, the more we talked about it, the more we went in and realized all these different connections, Mm -hmm. like you said, Nay. Yeah. The things you learn from rewatching this over and over again, things certain things mean, could mean symbolically. And then the ending. Yeah. It's perfect. I literally got goosebumps watching that truck speed away. The driver looking back like, what the hell is happening happening? here? Sally laughing and Leatherface dancing Dancing. with the chainsaw. It's amazing. Like you said, to repeat again, nothing (laughs) short of beautiful. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm surprising myself here. I'm not breaking up this combo. I am going to give the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 10 meat hooks out of 10. Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. And remember, when taking a road trip through unfamiliar areas, always make sure you have a full tank of gas. Until next time. Mm-hmm.